Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, episode 105. Uh, this week Dave Waite is on. Dave has an album coming out tomorrow, the 12th. It's called Hot Doggin'. It's being released by Stand Up Records, so go to standuprecords.com or go to davewaitecomedy.com. You can get it there. Uh, he's a funny guy and he wanted to talk about George Carlin's uh, A Place for My Stuff. So yeah, enjoy this episode. Also, if you would stick around at the very end, uh, get a little a couple clips of uh, Robin Williams from my, one of my favorite movies of all time, um, Good Morning Vietnam. In case you don't know, he passed away sadly today. Um, so just wanted to throw up a couple clips in honor of one of the funniest men to ever live. And that's one of the first movies where I ever sort of realized that, um, you know, that you, <laughs> you could build an entire movie off of one man's personality. And, you know, it also just, it's one of the best displays of his acting as well. It's a great film, but Either way, anything to pay honor to him. So thank you guys for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, this week Dave Waite is here with me. Thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. So, all right. You uh, top of it. First of all, you wanted to talk about a place for my stuff by George Carlin. That's right. And but I want to make sure at the top of the the thing that we also we'll talk about it at the end too. But you have an album coming out. Yeah, I have an album coming out called Hot Doggin'. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I recorded it back in April mm-hmm. in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, you know it's a bunch of bunch of comedy on it it's on cd though is that all right that is fine that is acceptable i'll i'll give you a pass i mean <laughs> you know i'm with stand-up records you know and if you it's one of those things if you make it and whatever whatever make it means mm-hmm. then then he'll he'll press vinyl sure so you know <laughs> i have a you know there's definitely a benefit of trying to make it besides you know all the uh, of course fame and glory and money and naturally the money sure the money the so mo- where now where are you based out of you're not la i'm based out of la are you yeah he made it sound like you weren't see so now i'm an asshole what do you mean How- i don't know i i got the impression that you weren't la based for some reason it might have been just some wording that our good friend josh mills put in the email um, you know PR people there. Yeah, you know, yeah they try to make it urgency about. Yeah, it. that's true. That is true. Um, I'm not from uh, Los Angeles, no. Where are you from originally? Uh, Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. Cincinnati. Okay. Same. What 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 part? What's what city are you from? The city is called Ludlow, Kentucky. Okay. And uh, but it's right across from Cincinnati. Okay, that makes sense. So I just usually just say Cincinnati. Of course, there. no, naturally. Um, were you there for the riots? The riots? Yeah, I was yeah. living. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I always like to talk talk about riots at the top of the show. It's always <laughs> fascinating. That's not true at all. But okay, so when did you first? It was a hear scary it? time in it, Cincinnati. It, no, I bet my buddy Chad was going to college there, and that was like one of his oddly favorite stories to tell was being there for the riots. I don't know why it's such a. It's so weird, like because I haven't lived there, you know, in four years now, and every time I go back, like nobody was ever going downtown every time yeah. i go back now like hey we gotta go to this restaurant downtown let's really? go to this bar downtown so like the downtown is like getting revitalized that's awesome so yeah that's good hipsters are doing that all over the place if they have served one purpose yeah you know well nice. i think young people the millennials mm-hmm. is that what they could the, yeah i think that's apparently what the millennials are moving back into the cities mm-hmm. you know motorola moved their big campus from outside of chicago mm-hmm. to downtown because the young people that know compute whatever motorola you know the phone you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know all this shit but <laughs> they move they moved it downtown because the people want to be downtown yeah it's true people, downtown chicago is nice so people are over the suburbs yeah yeah a little bit so all right now when you first heard a place for my stuff how old were you when you first heard a place for my stuff i don't know you know i mean that was like we i picked a you know with carlin a few. yeah i picked a few and with carlin it's like the specials, you know? I remember watching all the specials as a kid. Yeah. So, I picked... <laughs> this is going to seem ridiculous. In my house, another comedian lives there, and we have all these records mm-hmm. up on the wall, sure. like, hanging. that's what we've got in the office. If and there's a bunch of comedy there. records, mm-hmm. and I I saw I saw three of them up there, and I picked those three. <laughs> Am I being too honest? Ah, no, that's good. I love it. No, it's good though. But like, okay, it wasn't so. like George Carlin wasn't like a huge sure 
impact in comedy in sure. terms of me. You know what I mean? Was there another one that you picked that we had already done recently or something? Is that why I we think I picked cover? Eddie Murphy, just the Eddie Murphy one. We do Eddie Murphy. I don't give a damn what we talk no, about. No, well, I watched, <laughs> I watched, I, I listened to the George Carlin one today. Okay, that's fine. So I did do my homework. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was this? Was that the first? Because the thing is, I know a lot of people. This record, The Place for Your Stuff, is an interesting one because mm -hmm. I think it's the last one where he has, like, sketches in between the stand-up. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And it's also, I think, the last time he wasn't wearing black on stage. It's just about right before that transition. Yeah, so it's definitely, like, you know, there's not a lot of, I mean, on that record, there's not really any political stuff no. or no. social. It's, it's really, like, super absurdist. Uh-huh. It's him being cute. Like, it's him being, like, just making cute, adorable jokes. Observational stuff, yes, but none of it's really fuck this, fuck that, which is... Well, he did say fuck pears on there, which yes, is... that the, is true. <laughs> he did say I was that. having lunch with my buddy Jeff uh, Tate, who's a comedian as well, and I, mm -hmm. I was like, George Carlin's the best at saying, like, fuck you to, like... He'd be like, fuck chairs, and you're like... <laughs> It's like I could just imagine his notebook sitting there, and he's like, what could I say fuck to that would be really crazy? <laughs> it is an art to draw a whole act out of that, though, which is just so... Fuck your shelf, and fuck you! <laughs> but there's, like, some really, like, memorable stuff on that record, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, the uh, the abortion joke, like, <laughs> women that are pro... Why are women pro-life or the women you never want to fuck anyways? <laughs> oh, God. Which is, like... I think he's he did that joke on multiple specials. Yes, yeah. I think he did. I think he did. But too. it's like one of his more famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 an intentional button pusher. Which yeah. I mean, like, I think everybody knows that he's not that dude. But like, he he's this is the one. Like, I remember because I have this is one of the few specials I've seen because like I grew up knowing Hippie Carlin. And then when I saw the specials on HBO, I wasn't that interested. But this one, he's got a little sweater. He looks like a dad. Mm -hmm. He's kind of just hanging out with you, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was trying to find, like, this is like the transitional sort of period, I mm -hmm. feel like. Well, well that's, that's an interesting thing, too. It's like he had so many... I mean, he, He's he like was, Bowie. And this exactly. Is he had, like, so long to come up with this... With who he was, and he he got to change as frequently as he as he did. Now, is this your album? Is this your first album, or is this second, third? What what number? This is like the third. Your third album. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, can you? Is it easy for you to demarcate where you've been for each album, or is it just like now? Nah, this is just, just is just the new shit I thought of. No, nah, I mean there's definitely a marked improvement. Sure, that's always good. <laughs> you know, I feel like. I'm definitely talking more honestly about my life a little bit mm -hmm. more so than the other. I mean, it's still there's still a lot of observational stuff that I do. I do a lot of observation, but there's more real life sort of stuff yeah. blended into jokes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not uh, a storyteller per se. Mm -hmm. I do like bits, but there are bits about my life, and they re you know they reveal something about me. Sure. I mean, that's the one thing, like, me, my, me and my friend were talking today, like, George Carlin, like, he never, you never really knew a lot about No, George. exactly. No, ever. I mean, other than, like, he grew up Catholic, yeah, the general he, idea of where he grew up. I mean, I think, yeah, you get an idea from where his roots. Yes. Because Catholicism is always a theme and Definitely. everything. And then they, there was, like, one of the specials where he talked about having a heart attack and, like... Oh, yeah, right. And him and Richard Richard Pryor are trying to keep up with <laughs> who uh, racing heart attacks and stuff like that. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, but yeah, he never talked about his wife or whatever or his drug use or. I mean, you you watching the specials, you knew he used drugs. Sure, 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 sure. Right. But you know, I I didn't I, honestly I didn't I didn't know until probably a few years ago that he had much of a family i mean yeah i, I knew nothing because i didn't do the research all i knew was his material that's all i wanted to yeah. know until basically till i met his daughter and his daughter came on the show and then she just tells like she obviously knows the whole story yeah she knows the whole story you know, <laughs> it's just kind of mind-blowing to, 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 to think there's a dude behind beyond what we think we know because you sort of do still feel like you know him really well because yeah. he's done so much stuff and he you know, he has a super strong point of view. Yes. There's no wishy-washy about it. You mm -hmm. know, you know exactly where he stands. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's... You know, I don't know, like, for me... Because 
I reveal some stuff up there on stage, and then sometimes I'm blending stuff in there. Like yeah. if if you if somebody was like a scholar and went through, and they're like, maybe this went through. You know, if if, if somebody ever goes back and looks through, like maybe this joke means this uh-huh. because of his life experience. Right. But I don't know. Like some people. I mean, uh, you know, Richard Pryor was great because he taught. Was super brutally honest about his sure. life, and like, you know, that's the appeal of Mark Maron and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I like the. Obs- I don't need to know, you know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, you know, and but you would never say. Early George Carlin was probably like escapism, but and it was like social commentary, like on radio and stuff like yeah. that a lot. But you know, it was always uh, he was always saying something. Definitely. You know. Definitely. I mean, yeah, and you can go too far, especially when it stops being comedy. Not that he ever did that, but like Lenny Bruce doing court transcripts on stage right it's like a, fuck it i'm done that's just like you, you're putting the final nail in the coffin of your own material right and that gets that gets a little scary well you know like steve martin was that it was all absurd yeah you know more stuff sometimes you gotta move gotta get a bigger house why no room for your stuff anymore You ever notice when you go to somebody else's house, you never quite feel 100% at home? You know why. No room for your stuff. (laughs) Somebody else's stuff is all over the goddamn place. And if you stay overnight, unexpectedly, they give you a little bedroom to sleep in. Bedroom they haven't used in about 11 years. Someone died in it 11 years ago. And they haven't moved any of his stuff. Right next to the bed, there's usually a dresser or a bureau of some kind, and there's no room for your stuff on it. Somebody else's shit is on the dresser. Have you noticed that their stuff is shit, and your shit is stuff? I like the unexpected and the blend, and I... But sometimes when people, they talk so much about their lives up there, if they're not making it completely, it's like, it's almost too, like, I'm like, ah, man, this is, this is too much. For sure, yeah. yeah. Do you... Do you, were you more of a? Did you listen to a lot of comedy, or were you watching a lot of specials? As a I was kid? watching like, a lot of specials as a kid. You know, yeah. I watched a lot of, watched so much of it. I remember, you know, like Eddie Murphy, like those, those movies were like always on HBO and stuff like that. I remember, mm-hmm. and then the HBO comedy specials, and then the half hours they had, and then, uh, and I, it was uh, MTV had the MTV comedy hour half hour. That's right. I'd forgotten about I remember that. that was like the first time I saw Norm MacDonald, and I was like, man, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of rock and roll. I mean, like, it was perfect for, for Absolutely. Us. And then, like, one day, like, comedy just wasn't on TV. Like, you know, after the bust of whatever, you know? hmm Did you... Uh, I mean, uh, can you, do you remember the first time you heard this album or no? I think I asked you that earlier. But do you remember, like, when you... No, first- I mean, I couldn't put a finger on when the first time I heard this record. Yeah. You know, I remember, I think I might, because I've probably seen all the specials, and then I checked this record out of the library okay. and listened to it. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, like, when I listened to it, I enjoyed, like, that it was intercut with different stuff. Sure. You know, that nobody makes those type of records no, anymore. I know. I mean, that's what the thing was, like, great about, like, uh, Adam Sandler's records, where they were, like, these weird sketches, and, like, yeah. it's, I don't know, you could... I think there's a weird thing about those is like you can sit there and like quote them with your friends and mm-hmm. sit around and listen as opposed to like stand up it's almost a unless you're in an audience it's kind of like a you do it yourself or something like that definitely you know there's a weird thing like where if, if again if it wasn't George Carlin or even if it wasn't Adam Sandler like doing it if you did that just you have to do it just right to mix that kind of stuff and otherwise it's going to seem like you're really insecure with your own stand-up right right you know um is it something would you ever go against the format in your your own album or you much would you rather just stick with sets like a full set or a couple edited sets i mean i think if i had i mean i guess you don't really need a budget anybody can get the recording equipment now and you could make something that sounds great in your i mean i think it could be fun to do something like that Mm -hmm. you know and you can experiment more with the internet, but I mean, it's. I mean, is it important to you? I'm curious to release a physical album. Do you like that? 
I mean, I like having the thing that I can hold. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the CD form, and then, and then I sell it at shows. You know, mm-hmm. after the show. Sure. So I like you know, you know, you could tell people to go home and download it. Right. But are they? That's true. That you know, that's something people haven't really brought up on their shows. It's much more immediate, and you feel much more like you should. You have to buy it after a show. Yeah, and I mean, I know a lot of people. I mean, I'd listen to you know my iPod in my car and all that type sure. of stuff. So, but you know, if you got the CD, and most cars still have CD players, yeah. so they can throw it in there. It's more likely they'll throw it on when there's somebody in the, or they'll let somebody borrow it, or you mm-hmm. know. I, I mean, yeah, I like the physical copy. It's you know, it's neat to, it's really neat to hold something that somebody created like artwork for. Definitely. And, so, I'm like, this is fucking dope. Mm-hmm. I had a vision for this artwork, and mm-hmm. now it's there. Yeah. See, that's something I also never think about either. It's like George Car- the cover for A Place for My Stuff is a picture of him as a kid. Yeah, yeah. With a little speech bubble on it that just says A Place for My... Which is, like, so, like, it's kind of perfect for that album, because it is kind of, like, sweet. It's kind of innocent. And, again, kind of one of the last sweet, innocent things he really did stand-up-wise, which is, like, eventually, it's just, like, angry George Carlin on the cover, or this or that, you know? It's just angry with the ponytail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, hunched I, over. There's something I like about that, for sure. Like, I appreciate it more now than I did then. He says the title, right, in the first track. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's get that shit right out of the way. Do the place you- for my stuff. I think the stuff, I like, I like that he just took stuff mm-hmm. was for everything you know yeah yeah and then he made it super broad instead of a lot of times it's like the more specific you get in comedy the funnier it of is of course and he was just like broad uh-huh encompassing everything right it's more like essays like in yeah. a way it's like i want to take this one concept find everything that's ever been said about it you know, which is why he could do, a, you know, seven minutes, seven, eight, ten minutes on swear words that most people, you know, couldn't draw anything out of. Right. Like he, I mean, he find like one word mm-hmm. and stuff, and then it encompassed everything. Yeah. Everything that we accumulate, and like, you know, the the one takeaway was like, he's like, you know, when you see other people's stuff, you're like, that, you call it shit, <laughs> but your stuff is stuff, and their shit is shit. I still love that bit. It's like it's so good, yeah. And it, I mean, it, it, it that it, I mean, I think it's a really profound social statement that we're all just accumulating a bunch of gar- junk. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, and then we got to get these ho- houses to accumulate junk, and it's like, is the junk really that important? You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's what he's saying. No, there. definitely. And I, I feel like maybe even a couple years after this. The the bit the whole the dragging it out the examining it might have been short shortened for the sake of expanding the part where he really rails into us for being consumers pieces of shit yeah yeah you know <laughs> which is fine like again that's that's what appealed a lot a lot of people got into Carlin because of those specials yeah yeah I mean yeah he definitely still had the gloves on in this record you definitely know? definitely he wasn't calling us all goons and <laughs> do you have another fa- do you have any favorite tracks off of this whole album i was they had the jesus interview which it was kind of <laughs> like it was funny but yeah my favorite part and not and it wasn't an intentional he was like he was talking about because he was being he was playing jesus yeah and he was like uh, i wish they the three kings would have given me uh, money instead of myrrh or whatever <laughs> And he goes, I wish I could, if I, could, I then I would have been able to save up and buy a Devo hat. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's very specific. It was a hilarious reference. Like, it was like a very like unusual like that he would reference something like mm-hmm. very specific and very like 1982 like yeah Devo hat. <laughs> fantastic that's so good i ah man i got i gotta wonder if they if they knew that he had made that reference like he doesn't seem like a guy who would have been aware of it but he clearly was yeah i mean he knew everything yeah he knew what was going on i mean i think that's why he stayed relevant all the way up to the end because he he would he watched everything i mean or the news or he just was tuned in you know and i think that as a comedian you have a responsibility to be tuned in to what's going on even if you're not necessarily talking about it like i mean I will, i'll get on tmz and i'll read that stuff sure. even though it's garbage yeah but i don't want to not be in tune what's going on mm-hmm. sometimes you meet 
sometimes it's discouraging. You meet people, like I'll meet people after shows and then they'll be like, uh, how is it? Like people, they don't know the difference between Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh and goodness. then I'm trying to like make it in show business, and I'm like, "There's a motherfucker's network TV shows, and people still don't know who they are." I know. And it's like I don't know what I, I mean. That's not what it's about, right? It's about. It's not about that, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> but it is discouraging when you're like, "Come on." I know. Like, there there's some people that like they just don't give a shit about pop culture, which I understand. Sure. But, but I feel like as a comedian, you got to be aware of pop culture and what's going on and the news. Even if you don't talk about it, maybe you never know when somebody's going to ask you. Or I just feel like there's just a, a current that will stay in your act. Like yeah. it, the temperature of America or the world, you know? Yeah. Because it evolves, you know? Right? Yeah, I, I agree. Do you think there? Do you think there's less social pressure to have something to say nowadays? because we're saying it elsewhere, online, et cetera. Because then if you don't have the pressure to say, because I know personally when I went to college, I was fucking, I was socially retarded. There's no doubt about it. And eventually I was like, I need to have shit to say when I'm in people's presence. Otherwise I'm going to shut the fuck up. So I had to learn more crap just, or just absorb like you're talking about. Yeah. Absorb stuff maybe I didn't necessarily care about just to learn what I liked more. I feel like people don't need to do that anymore. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, everybody knows. I mean, if people are on Twitter and Facebook, they kind of have an idea. They know that, yeah. But it's filtered through the dumbness. Yes. I don't know, you know? Yeah. It's less specific. It's less detailed because, again, I, you know, fewer characters or, like, just smaller articles just because that's what people want. What right. I mean, want. everything gets a little bit cluttered because of the internet. Like, yeah. people, you know, especially Facebook, the feed, it, you read that stuff and it's like, I don't need to know that. Your neighbor's cat sick. Yep. No. No interest. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But that just that's flooding your brain, and it, and then the next post is somebody's opinion about Gaza or something like that, mm -hmm. and you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Collapsible, convenient, and guaranteed. Get one now. The new Super Jumbo Deluxe, handy, pre-wrapped designer colors, and available in all sizes. Get one now. They won't rust, tarnish, blister, crack, or peel, but they might kill you. Hello, I'm Howard Beamer, and I'm running for state's attorney general. This is my pledge to you. If I'm elected, I promise that if anyone breaks the law, I personally will go to his or her house and beat the shit out of them. Backwards words say to you die. Again go I there. Shit oh. The following statement is true. The preceding statement was false. I wonder if people find, or maybe if you've done this, if you find something general to talk about in the vein of stuff and you you've expanded on it etc but it somehow doesn't play is the, do, have you ever had that kind of experience where you, you you're trying to delve deeper into something for comedic purposes and it just doesn't play right at first what do you mean like in terms well of uh, let's say he had done this bit on stuff and people were just like just didn't give a shit Right, you know, if it just somehow didn't work with the audience, again, you you workshop stuff, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's definitely jokes when I get up there, and I try to do them, and sometimes they don't work. Sure, and sometimes, I maybe I'm not ready as a comedian because there's plenty, there's a, a lot of jokes. I would say on this record, there's I would say there's multiple bits on there that were written down in a notebook somewhere mm -hmm. five, six, maybe seven, eight years ago. Yeah. But I didn't know how to convey them to the audience. Yeah. It was like a above my pay grade. Right, right. Sometimes it's it's like a concept that's bigger than you know how to explain it. I feel like you're, you're always learning how to explain bigger bigger topics. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think George Carlin's really good. Like, he can sum up something in, like, a sentence, the premise, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he can really expand upon that. Definitely. You know, he gives the audience what I call like an anchor, mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah. "Oh, this is what we're going to talk about," and then takes it to the extreme. It's true, and you can do you can do that wrong too. I mean, yeah. you can you can pander, you know. Yeah, you can pander, and I mean, I think the thing is, once you're an entity like George Carlin or a well-known comedian, you can take bits farther and farther. Sure. I mean, I feel like sometimes with the stage I'm at. 
I can take a bit to a certain point, and I feel the and that maybe it's just in my head, but I feel like the audience is like, whatever, dude, go. We don't want to hear about this no more. Yeah, they're like, when you're an unknown entity, it's like you gotta constantly be proving your. I feel like you have more of a leeway when you have your own audience. You yeah. can, you can really go out there because they know that from your body of work, like, oh, this guy, he's great. Right. And then you know he can always self-correct with like some joke, a real quick joke about mm-hmm. fucking or fuck that or something like that. Yeah true do you um let's see do you i wish they would like release like because you know like he would go on tour and like he would do a special Mm -hmm. then he would go on tour and then he like a third of the act would be like new right and then and then there would be like a third it was old i would love to hear like if they had like bootlegs of those would be amazing to hear like him working on like trying to get those bits formed you know sure yeah i've uh do you, man i wonder that feels like for some people that would be the enemy like i mean if you think about I mean, your worst nights would you want anybody to ever hear that no absolutely <laughs> i mean yeah i mean that's why i'm very conscious of if i'm performing and i see somebody hold up their iphone and start recording yeah i usually i try not to make a big scene about it anymore mm-hmm. but i do kind of be like you can't you can't you can't record that i'm yeah. sorry right because then it's out of your control mm-hmm then it, they can put it on the internet or whatever. Yeah. Hey, and I, then heard, you, I heard that bit five versions ago. Like, right. And know? then you, and then it's on me to get on YouTube and tell YouTube to take it down. Right. You know, like right. of some, I'm in a, some shitty bar doing, <laughs> right. uh, trying to figure out this fucking joke. And then somebody misspells your name so you can't find it. That's right, going to be yeah. a pain in the ass. So I do like, but I feel like since he's passed away, Mm-hmm. No, for sure. No, there's definitely like the, I think there'd be. I mean, like for me, I like, I love like when it comes to, like rock and roll. I'm like, a, there's some bands I'm like a completist with, you know, where yeah. I, I want to hear, the outtakes from Led Zeppelin. Sure. I want to hear a different version from the Who. You know, I like. Yeah. Oh, there was an acoustic version of this song. Right. Wow, that's fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. I it, it's it's uh. Yeah, I, you can be too precious about stuff. It would be nice to hear that in some... Because, I, I you know, same with, like... Because I'm a big sketch guy. If I could hear the early versions of some sketches, I don't think it would ruin the polished version for me. Right, I, once I you... Know the once the version. Yeah, I know the polished version. I mean, that's the thing I, I really... Uh, Dave Attell... You ever, Dave Attell's hilarious, yeah. right? And I've seen Dave Attell before, and I'll start saying the premise to a joke that I'm like, I know this. Uh-huh. And then the punchline is completely di- like he's went and written a different punchline. Christmas. And you laugh like I laugh on like two different levels because because I was like oh, I'm expecting that joke, mm-hmm. the joke I already know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's this fucking completely different punchline that's even ho- more hilarious than the original one. That's insane. That's a lot of fucking work. Like I mean that's ass busting work. That's yeah. That's insane. Because your brain, you think works or at least you think of it, it seems to work in a particular way. Like this is the kind of joke I like. This is the kind of punchline I like. Oh, you think what you did my audience likes. Did it once and you're like I'm done with yeah. it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had a bit that's transformed that much from beginning to end? There's definitely jokes that I have the longer I do them, they'll be all of a sudden just on stage i'll add a new line or a joke to it and then i'm like oh wow Mm -hmm. look at this does it come from just performing it or are you like reflecting in the middle of performing it and you're like oh shit no this means this i mean sometimes it'll just pop in your head like yeah you'll be like oh why don't i just say this Mm -hmm. and that's real exciting just much better it really brings that joke back to life especially if it's something you've been doing for a while yeah you're like oh wow (laughs) i didn't know i was gonna say that (laughs) do you did you make any friends uh, over no, comedy? No, I've never made never? any. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> as a kid over comedy, or was it more of a thing as an adult? I know some people do it more in college now. I mean, it was definitely more as an... I mean, I remember watching it. I remember, like, watching comedy with one of my buddies, but it wasn't like... I remember, like, quoting, like, Norm MacDonald from, like, SNL with my friends and stuff like that. It was always, like... And like when he would go on Letterman, we'd be like, we'd talk about that. But I mean, it was really about rock and roll or, you know, music and going to concerts and all that, especially when I was in high school. I mean, I watched a ton of stand up until I knew 
that rock and roll was a thing. Right. Okay. And then I forgot about it for years. <laughs> you know. That's crazy to me. It is crazy. There was what? like a large chunk of time where it was like I didn't. Were never, you playing music or were you just into music? I was just really into music and going to concerts and you know doing drugs and drinking it and you know, being a roused about mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> when did you? When did it come back then? I think maybe my early maybe like 23 or tw- uh-huh. I remember seeing Dane Cook on TV and mm-hmm. I was like oh this guy's entertaining yeah because he w- because there was some point comedy became so much of the same thing sure. that's why it kind of went away from TV yeah yeah I mean there was definitely those half hour specials I remember I remember seeing Mark Maron HBO half hour and be like this guy is sweaty and crazy yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing like Pat Oswald but then it just seemed like there wasn't it all comedy became very much the same. Yeah. Excuse me. Bless you. So when I saw Dane Cook on TV, I was like, "Man, this guy, he was young. Yeah. He was young. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy's doing different stuff. Definitely. Because I, I had no frame, I had no frame of reference of whatever. It's true. No, but I mean, there. I feel like a new. I feel like sometimes he, you know, he definitely gets, but he was definitely a bridge to like, hey, comedy's a thing. Yeah. And I it. See that. You know, people can be mad at him all you want, but people got interested in comedy again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the man was selling out stadiums when that wasn't a thing. Right. Anymore. I mean, I remember like Harmful of Swallow. That was the one I oh, yeah. I okay. bought that record. Mm-hmm. And that was like before he like he exploded completely. Okay, yeah. All right. But he was starting to become a thing, you definitely. know. Definitely. And I remember Lewis Black was like Lewis Black and like Dan Cook were like my bridge back into comedy awesome. because okay. I started like watching uh you know the daily show mm-hmm. and then back in black and i was like and then all of a sudden they were like he's got a comedy record and i was like oh i'll buy that yeah, yeah and i was like this is hilarious mm-hmm. so that was kind of the bridge back in the comedy it's for- appropriate then that you're with stand-up records then since dan schlissel's worked on what every lewis black album or at least his first he worked on a few. couple the first few yeah. yeah he's got a grammy for one of them yeah, so, yeah. i mean that's that. That's awesome. I, so did you? Okay, so you saw it. You're like, okay, this is fun. Did you? Were you just like, I'm just gonna try this? Or no? Then it took like another to, two years from there. Another two years from there. Like so. I remember checking. Were up. you catching up in the meantime, or what? Uh, well, I was like, you know, the idea of going to start comedy. It didn't even seem like a. You know, like if you watch a show like Seinfeld, you don't like. You're like, how, how. How does anybody become a comedian? Yes, no, of course. They don't show you that step no, in the show. No, he's already doing it. Yeah, that's true. That's so you're point. like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I was gonna have to move to Chicago. Yeah, I was like, I gotta move to Chicago. And now an announcement from the National Apple Institute. Fuck pears. When I was a kid, I was known as a fussy eater. Fussy eater. That's what they called it in my house. He's a fussy eater. Fussy eater is a euphemism for big pain in the ass. <laughs> I would say, I don't like that. Why? They wanted reasons. (laughs) Well, you don't always have a reason. I don't know. I know I don't like it. And I know that if I ate it, I would like it even less. You like it, you eat it. (laughs) Then they would try to corner me with logic. How do you know you don't like it? If you've never even tried it. It came to me in a dream. (laughs) There were some things I didn't like because of the way they sounded. I just didn't like the name of it. Imagine that, I got away with that shit for a year and a half. (laughs) Don't sound right to me, Ma. Say that again. (gasps) I don't like that. To this day, there are some things I can't eat because I don't like the way they sound. I still cannot eat yogurt. (laughs) I can't eat anything with a Y and a G in it. (laughs) Squash. You want some squash? (laughs) Shit, no! Sounds like somebody sat on dinner, you know? I remember I read it. I checked a book out of the library. Uh, I'm a big fan of the library. That's and good. 
how to do stand-up comedy and i read that book (laughs) i love it and then i saw an article in the newspaper about a stand-up comedy class and i was like i'll take this Mm -hmm. i'll take this class yeah and uh yeah then the graduation class i performed for the first time in front of people and i was like oh this is what i should be doing that's awesome yeah to find it so what year is that how old were you at the time i was 26 26 shit that's awesome though like because yeah. I mean, sometimes you sometimes hear i wish i would have started earlier you know no of course but like i think it's kind of awesome that you still had that kind of curiosity and interest enough that you were going to the library doing research yeah you know going back to where you would because you know people do forget you can by the way if you want to use your local library which you should you can still get records there yeah. hopefully you can still get comedy not on vinyl but hopefully you can still get comedy there yeah they got you a know? bunch of comedy records so there. i mean that's that's one thing where like i'm always recommending get this get this you <laughs> don't have to buy it every time I just th- don't steal it the neatest thing is like the the library in, in kenton county where, where i lived mm-hmm they they bought a couple copies of my record for the library. Awesome. Yeah. That's fucking great. So people can check my record out. That's so good. Yeah. That's oh man, you should you should like put some sort of special message in there just for people, just to freak them out a little bit, <laughs> just because it's local. That'd be oh. I'd just cool. go check it out. I should go go check it out the next time I'm home. <laughs> I still have a card there. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. Hey, this guy's good. <laughs> <laughs> so were you all doing it from a home base of Cincinnati then? Doing all that from there? Yeah, I mean, I started there. I was there until 2010, yeah. What kind of comedy scene? There's a couple comedy clubs. Yeah. There's two comedy clubs there, and then there's a couple comedy clubs in Indianapolis and Dayton and Lexington and Louisville and Columbus that are all within a two-hour drive. So you could go get off work, we'd get pile in the car, and then we'd drive to these other cities and then go do comedy and then drive home, you know? And it was a lot of fun, you know? We were like taking these road trips and going to do open mics in other towns and crazy though yeah you know i that that's a life that i don't i again that's one of those things they don't teach you in the book was it preparing you by the way here's a lot of travel you're gonna have to pay for yourself was it like that's one of those things that i feel like scares people if they hear about it well you know the book makes it seem like that uh it's all roses you know <laughs> it doesn't make oh, that's too bad how to write for other people like that's <laughs> like they're trying to give you steps that are like 10 years down the road. Right, 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 right. And maybe a little outdated. Here's how you fax your joke to Milton Berle. Right, like, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely guys that still use writers and yeah, stuff like that. But sure. it's like, if you're reading that book, mm-hmm. uh, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> right. You have no idea what's going on in stand-up. <laughs> so uh, it's not like, why don't you just submit your jokes to Jeff Foxworthy? You know? <laughs> I'm curious, as a stand-up, do you still buy other comedians' albums, or you just prefer to see them live? Uh, I mean, I hope they give them to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> naturally. Uh, you know, when I go to, it's, anytime I go to Minneapolis, Dan will let me take some records. He'll mm-hmm. let me go through there. Sure. Pick out cherry pick records, That's and awesome. you know, sometimes my friends will give me the records, and I'll listen to them. Yeah. And. Uh, I mean, I just uh, don't know. <laughs> it just seems weird to like, hey, buddy, here's ten nut. You know? Sure. No, I get it. I get it. I mean, uh, I think a lot of times we'll trade records with people. Sure. No, that makes sense. See, that's that's there's kind of. Sometimes I'll get on Spotify and listen to somebody's record. That's the other thing too. Are you? Are, is your stuff there too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I. Well, fuck that. You guys should buy the album. That's yeah, cool. buy the album or start a Pandora. Pandora pays a better royalty rate if it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. So. If you're know. really cheap, then Pandora's the option. Yeah, if you're real cheap, start, and, if, and just add add me into your playlist or whatever. You don't have to, you know. <laughs> I don't, you know, whatever. Then it's free. No, naturally. And if you don't like it, you can thumbs down it. <laughs> and I don't have to know about it. That's the the anonymity of Pandora. Mm-hmm. You can uh, thumbs up it or down it. I don't need to know. That's true. You don't need to get on Amazon and tell me what you think. No, you <laughs> That's the worst. Because yeah. I'll read it. I'm not Will like so I'll no. read it. Damn it. See, I think I've, if I ever, well, when I sell my next comedy album, which will be a, a sketch album, I've, I've already decided I'm not checking fucking reviews. I've, I've, I have to just, like, no. I just have to ignore it. Because that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, I should. But I'm like, I don't you know. <laughs> Sometimes I'll read the reviews. They'll do a comedy club. Like, they'll do these comment cards, and I'll go uh-huh. through them. And I remember one time I read it, it was like, creepy guy bad and i was like i, th- I think they're talking about me <laughs> that's a that's a comedy album title just keep that in mind for the next one um 
So, okay, so if you're a completist, have you gone back and listened to Carlin's stuff when he was, like, had a partner and stuff? I'm just I've never listened to the partner stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to, like, Class Clown. It's rougher. Yeah, Class Clown was like, I was like, man, what the fuck is going on? Really? <laughs> that's See, that's my favorite Carlin. Oh, not album. that Class Clown. Not the Class Clown. What's the one at AM, FM? Uh, oh, yeah, AM, FM's an early one. That's too. the one I was meant. Okay, not okay. Class Clown. Okay. That one's fun. <laughs> AM, FM. The one that's, like, a, all, like, a fake radio station. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird you out a little bit. Yeah, but it's like so many people have done that and made fun of that, like that it almost his seems cliche. Yeah, that's a problem with older. But stuff. it, but it's like he was the guy doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the genesis for a lot of that come. You know. Yeah. Um, do you? I mean, at some point, do you think you'll go back and listen to the whole catalog, or you would you much rather hear the, the B sides, the shit he never? Wrote? I would like to hear the shit I never heard because I feel like I've heard the majority of it. Yeah. And I would like to hear. Like the the working on it, you know. So does it make more sense for you than you want? You want you'd rather listen to a raw version of something you know you love than maybe something that you know is probably not in your interest, like him with a partner. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I guess I should listen to the partner stuff. Is it any good? It depends. You got to put yourself in a '60s mentality. You got to picture George Carlin without a beard in a suit with some other fucking dude in a suit. It's weird. Yeah, like man, it's, I don't man. think he liked it honestly. Like yeah. that's how he wanted to get out of that. Right. You know, which is why he started playing a hippie and started being a hippie. Like his yeah. most popular character while he's in a suit is a hippie, and eventually he's like, no, fuck this. Beard, long hair, funniest man on the planet. Yeah. Almost, yeah. almost instantly is how it feels. I'm sure it didn't feel that way for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's worth listening to. I think just as an experiment, right? You know, or being inter- something to be interested in. Is it listenable? I I listened to it once. Let's yeah. put it that way. And I have a, oops, I have a ton. Because I can't listen I to like Lenny to. Bruce. I've tried to listen to, it and I'm like, I don't. Am yeah, I a moron? No, style, right? Yeah. See, he's he's a guy where I, rough man. That's hit and miss. I feel like I'm like, am I dumb? Like I don't know what's <laughs> going on. It's hit and miss, and also a lot of it's dated. Yeah. A lot of the references are dated. He's got a couple classics that that are pretty great. But, you know, it's for the most part, yeah, it's it's very dated, I, you know, um, which is which is rough about the early, the early, early, early Carlin stuff. Um, he says fruit a lot. He does talk about, yeah. Calling people fruit? Oh, he calls people fruit in this, too, yes. But he also specifically speaks about fruit an awful lot in the Rice Krispies bit. But Yeah, the, <laughs> but he says, he did, man, it's like, now if you took, like, he he was very prolific, but if you took all the list out of his records, that's gonna chop him down a lot. He's like, I'm gonna say a list a bunch of stuff. That's so true. Like he's sort of the Weird Al of not music comedy, because Weird Al's all lists too, yeah. just about. So if you cut it down, there wouldn't be much left. But he said, and we started in the book club. And he goes, "My dog is a fruit," or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> you never hear. I mean, I, it's this good thing that nobody is calling people fruits anymore. Sure, but it's like. <laughs> It is very like yeah, it's weird to hear. It's so weird to hear. Mm-hmm. Do you okay? So it's not you know, like a. It's such a hilarious thing. I mean, I guess I don't know. If it's hurt. I don't know if it's hurt. I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know. know that it's intended that way. Yeah. Pay attention to the intention. You know? Yeah. I don't. I mean, not with George Carlin. It's not malicious. Sure. Malicious. Yeah. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um. <laughs> so if you're gonna recommend this album, I know you had a ton of albums you could have chosen. If you're going to recommend this album to somebody who's never heard George Carlin before or has only heard the later Carlin, what's what's your, like, few sentences recommendation? Why listen to this? Why listen to A Place for I think stuff? this record's, like, the ultimate... I think it's the bridge. It's kind of... The bridge between the two worlds, like... Because yeah. he's still doing, like, these pre-recorded bits and he's kind of doing, like, sketch, sort of, one-man sketch stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, intercut with... There's some of the jokes that are like social count. You know, it's just like I feel like it's like you could see him evolving as an artist. Yeah. And I think that for somebody that's a comedian that's why they should listen to it. Now, yeah. as a regular person, I don't know, you know, it's funny. <laughs> Definitely. It's Definitely. funny. But yeah, I think it maybe it's a little it might throw you a little if you're not into comedy. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, there's some funny, really funny lines in there, but it's not, it's not hilarious beginning to end. You know, there's yeah. definitely some like parts where you're like, oh, skip this track, but you know, you listen to it. But I feel like, in terms of seeing him evolving as an artist, I feel like it's an important sort of piece. That's awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. Hey, right, man. And uh, all right, remind everybody about the album when it's coming out. Where can they find it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, it's going to be on iTunes mm-hmm. uh, and Amazon. It's called Hot Doggin' and uh, Dave Waite, W-A-I-T-E. And, uh, yeah, you should buy it. It's like... When's it come out? August 12th. August 12th, okay. So it's a good deal. It's like $9. That's not bad. <laughs> not bad. Not Hopefully not bad for you either. Yeah, I mean, I just like... I would like to for people to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good recommendation. <laughs> um, where can people find you on Twitter? Dave Waite Comedy. Dave Waite Comedy. And then my face, Facebook's Dave Waite Comedy, and my webpage is DaveWaiteComedy.com. So, good. so it's all, all across the board. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you for um, having me, man. I'll make sure that this obviously comes up before the album goes out. Um, thank you guys for listening, and as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. This is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me, Da Nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, is this a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Speaking of early, how about that Cro-Magnon, Marty Drywitz? Thank you, Marty, for silky smooth sound. Make me sound like Peggy Lee. Good morning, Vietnam. What the heck is that supposed to mean? I don't know, Lieutenant. I, I guess it means good morning, uh, Vietnam. And who gave anyone permission to program modern music? Freddy and the Dreamers. Wrong speed. We've got it on the wrong speed. For those of you who are recovering from a hangover, that's going to sound just right. Let's pull it right back down again. Let's try a little faster. See if that picks it up a little bit. Let's get up on 718. Those pilots are going right now. I really like the music. I really like the music. I really like the music. Oh, still a bad song. Hey, wait a minute. Let's try something. Let's play this backwards and see if it gets any better. Freddy is a devil. Freddy is a devil. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He's left Crete. He's entered the demilitarized zone. All right. Hey, what is this demilitarized zone? What do they mean, police action? Sounds like a couple of cops in Brooklyn going, no, she looks pretty to me. Hey, whatever it is, I like it because it gets you on your toes better than a strong cup of cappuccino. What is a demilitarized zone? Sounds like something out of The Wizard of Oz. Oh, no, don't go in there. Oh, hee ho. Ho Chi Minh. Oh, look, you've landed in Saigon. You're among the little people now. We represent the Arvan Army, the Arvan Army. Oh, no, follow the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Follow the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Oh, I'll get you, my pretty. Oh, my God, it's a wicked witch of the north. It's Hanoi Hannah. Now, little G.I., you and your little to-do, too. Ah. <laughs> Adrian. Adrian, <laughs> what are you doing, Adrian? Oh, Hannah, you slut. You've been on everything but the Titanic. Stop it right now. <laughs> oh, you know, he's really funny. Uh, he, he's like a Marx brother. And which Marx brother would that be, Private? Zeppo? I don't find him funny at all. Zeppo? Is he the one with the hat? Hey, uh, hi, can you help me? What's your name? My name's Roosevelt Lee Roosevelt. Roosevelt, what town are you stationed in? I'm stationed in Poon Tang. Well, thank you, Roosevelt. What's the weather like out there? It's hot. Damn hot, real hot. Hot in things is my shorts. I can cook things in it. Little crotch pot cooking. Well, can you tell me what it feels like? Foo, what is hot? I told you again. Were you born on the sun? It's damn hot. You can be a little thing. I saw it so damn hot. I saw one of those little guys in the orange robe burst into flames. It's that hot. You know what I'm talking about. 
But what do you think it's gonna be like tonight? It's gonna be hot and wet. That's nice if you're with a lady, but it ain't no good if you're in the jungle. Thank you, Roosevelt. Here's a song coming your way right now. Nowhere to Run To by Martha and the Vandellas. Yes! Hey, you know what I mean. Too much? <laughs> Thank you, Marty. No. Pleasure making your acquaintance, sir. Thanks. I'm gonna cut that out, garlic. We're the same rank. What will I do without you, sir? Well, you carry on, Montesquieu. Carry on, Montesquieu. Carry on. <laughs> I like that. It makes me feel uh, British or something. I've got something here for you. Why don't you play this? It says goodbye to everybody staying behind. I'll take care of your pronto, sir. You could get in trouble for that. Requisition for a name change. Trouble is actually my new middle name. I'm gonna give you the old chuck on the shoulder now. It's a stupid thing to do, isn't it? You take care. Ed? Flies up. Made you look. This is Eddie Garlic coming to you live from AFRS, Armed Forces Radio Saigon. It's 1629 hours here in Saigon, and Airman Adrian Cronauer is going home today. But he left a farewell message for all you guys out there still sweated it out in the fields. So, without further ado, here's a farewell extravaganza. Goodbye, Vietnam! That's right, I'm history, I'm out of here. I got the lucky ticket home, baby. Rolling, 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 keep them wagon rolling raw hard. Yeah, that's right, the final Adrian Cronauer broadcast. And this one is brought to you by our friends at the Pentagon. Remember the people who brought you Korea. That's right, the U.S. Army. If it's being done correctly here or abroad, it's probably not being done by the Army. I heard that. Oh, you're here, good to see you. I'm here to make sure you don't say anything controversial. Speaking of things controversial, is it true that there is a marijuana problem here in Vietnam? No, it's not a problem. Everybody has it. I don't know, Adrian. Leo, Leo. Adrian, take care of yourself. I just want you to know one thing. If you're going to be dressing in civilian clothes, don't forget pumps. Thank you, Leo. Thanks for these. Oh, these are special. The ruby slippers, Adrian. Put these on and say, there's no place like home. There's no place like home and you can be there. <laughs> I hope. I hope we all could. <laughs>